This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, brought to you by The Nephilist. I'm your host Ian Turner and my guest today is Yvette Williams. But first, if you enjoy today's show, I'd gratefully appreciate you subscribing so you can catch all the musical adventures we get up to. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and click on any of the subscription links on the front page. Okay, Yvette Williams, a wonderful woman with talent to burn and such a great attitude to life. Introduced to the music scene at a very young age, she released her debut album in 2011 and, in her own words, wanted to do something with music that's a little different and interesting and makes you feel something. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Yvette Williams on Plains FM 96.9. Yvette, can you tell me the first time you remember uh, realising there was such a thing as music? Probably ever since I was born. Dad's always been in a band. And so from the earliest stages, I can remember having him having band practices at our house. The whole family's musical parties, family parties. It's always Dad on the guitar and everyone singing. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, that's one of my earliest memories. It's like snuggled up against someone. And everyone's singing. Yeah. Was it a uh, covers band or an originals? Um, covers. Do you remember any of the uh, the joints that your your dad played, even as a as a little person who probably couldn't get in legally? I grew up in North Canterbury, so he played quite a lot in Rangiora. Yeah. Um, probably the Red Lion was his first place. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But then he played in Christchurch heaps, mm. um, Sumner, um, the city. But then he'd go out and play like Leafield Hotel and anywhere within the Christchurch area. So was there any overt encouragement from him for you to, to get amongst it? Or was it just a, something you were drawn um, to? Like anything, mum and dad have never like forced us into stuff. They they just make everything fun and we just enjoyed doing it. I remember like they would record us on a on cassette when we were little, um, singing along to what dad was playing. Yeah. And I listened back to those cassettes and it's my brother just being a wild child and me singing perfectly, (laughs) which is pretty funny. Uh, What kind of music uh, was was getting played in the house by mum and dad? Just thinking about their vinyl collection. Everything from Kiwi stuff like Herbs to The Beatles, Rolling Stones, Stevie Wonder, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Doobie Brothers. Yep. All the classics. Yeah, Yeah, classic stuff. But stuff that you can sing along to. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a format purist in, in any way when you talk about vinyl? I mean, will you just listen to it however it comes? No, I mean, I don't have a vinyl collection. <laughs> I've got a few. I've got maybe like 20. Yeah. What's but your What's your favourite? What's your favourite bit of um, album artwork? I like Stevie Wonder's Inner Visions. Oh, that's, amazing. That's really yep. cool. That is super, yeah. super cool. It's very muted tones, very autumnal. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that album. It is, yeah. I love autumn. Okay, so Dad's playing, there's a lot of classic music playing around home, yep. little snippets of recordings and so on, of it sings well. Was there any formal training, either vocally or on instruments? No, uh, no training for singing. Basically, 
with the family, like I'm Māori as well, I'm Amurai as Tuahiwi, and I once had my auntie or toa say to me, you know, if you if you don't sing up, then you won't be heard. It kind of made me learn how to sing loudly, but I'd also watch my dad and see how he could sing softly and then really let fly. Um, but otherwise, I didn't have any formal training with singing. Piano, though, I did have lessons from about age 9 to 15, so... Um, okay, six years worth. That's yeah. that's pretty good. Was it was it the grades and classical? No, well, my teacher was really neat. She gave us the option of doing exams if we wanted to. Yeah. But then she also, I remember my first lesson with her. She'd said to me, "Just play something that you already know how to play." And then so I played "Stand by Me" <laughs> mm-hmm. and just the chords like do 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 um and. Yeah, and then from that point on, she's just she just said to me, "Well, we'll learn what you want to learn." Um, so some of it was classical because you needed to learn how to do yeah. different things with your fingers and, and that. Mm. I kind of went kind of more contemporary because I I wanted that style so I could sing along to it. Yeah, yeah. When was the first time you um you wrote a song or started putting together something of your own? That would have been in high school when I was about fifteen. Did you go to Rangiora? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that like for music? Um, oh, Rangiora High School was awesome. Yeah, a really great music department. Back in the day, it was kind of similar on on par with Hornby and Kashmir. Any teachers that sort of stand out in your mind that sort of took you to the next level? Definitely. There was one that was always on par. Yeah, she was really encouraging. Her name is Mrs. Mrs. Rowe. She was a left-hander as well. Okay. Me and her bonded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as far as well, I was in a band... Covers band in my senior years there, and I do remember doing the odd showcase performance, and that's when I first did a live performance, and I was shaking in my boots. This is outside the confines of school. This was at, in school, so mm. school ran like a showcase yep. every year. Okay. Um, and my first song that I performed was "Hey Jude." Yeah. At showcase. Okay. <laughs> How did that go down? Yeah, it was great. Doing the nananas at the end. Yeah. That was real, that was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Was there any ad libbing at that point? Any going no. crazy, feeling your brother's vibes? Um, no, and I'm still pretty regimented. Yes. It's something I definitely have to work on. Yeah. Cutting loose. Yeah. But, like I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I'm not crazy amazing, but at what I do, I like to be very just straight down the line at it. Yeah. 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 Mm. How are you on? lyrics and remembering of i'm a stickler for that because mm. <laughs> especially when my dad's doing covers i'm like oh god me and my brother are like oh no oh you're saying the second verse first he's making yes okay. he is and then he's making up his own words because okay. he's just forgotten yep and we're like oh god <laughs> well a lot of folks they've got auto cues you know axel rose is a classic one yeah you know oh right yeah really yeah it's true Gee. who inspires you vocally i always said that my dad and Stevie Wonder taught me how to sing, <laughs> which is such a weird thing to say, but it's true. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I mean, heaps of other artists, because I think mostly what singing is, is imitating sounds that you are hearing, and same with writing tunes to you. Who does your dad sound like? Himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got quite a loud, clear voice, but he can sing softly as well yeah just the clarity not having too many tricks going on yep 
just singing strong and clear. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, it's time for some music. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and you've chosen a Kate Bush track mm-hmm. to kick us off. Yeah. Someone that's sort of inspired you, at least, I guess, in, in your way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, what song are we going to hear? Um, it's called Experiment Number Four. Okay. Um, Tell me about it. Well, anything Kate Bush writes, is it's like a story and it makes you imagine the thing in your own head. And I think that's really neat. She kind of brings your imagination into effect. She sings about a sound that can kill someone. So there's all these, if you've seen the video as well, which actually has Dawn French and Hugh Laurie in it, mm. some famous um, English actors. Um, they're all in this lab and they're trying to make a sound that, can kill people for war purposes and it's yeah it seems pretty dark it kind of is pretty dark um but it's yeah pretty interesting plus i love the the production in it kate bush produces all her own tunes and the 80s drums and yeah it's just great to be 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Yvette Williams on Plains FM 96.9. Just had a bit of Kate. What was the first gig you went to of note? I went to. Mm. I was very young. I was five years old. Okay. It was Herbs in North Hagley Park. Wow, okay. And at that time they let, for some reason, people drive in quite close to where the gig was. Yes. Car parking wasn't too far away. What? When was this, roughly? Um, 1987. Okay, something along those lines. <laughs> yep. And my uncle had a big bus, and so our family all went in, and like his bus was pretty much almost by the stage, and we got to you know just go in and out of this bus, visit my my older cousins sitting out in the crowd, yeah, just listening to herbs. Yeah, it was awesome. What would you say is their best known song aside from performing with Dave for Slice of Heaven? Ah. Oh. Um, Is it sensitive to a smile? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. That was redone by a bunch of Kiwi artists, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. You've played with a, um, a Christchurch-based group called One Walker. Mm-hmm. Very roots, reggae yeah. sort of vibe. Do you think even going back to, to age five and to, to herbs, that sort of influenced you and in stuff that you play? I mean, I like so many different types of music. Like when I used to play with One Walker, everyone would be talking to me about dub and reggae. And like, yeah. I'd say to them, hey, we can talk about other types of music. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found that quite funny because when I played solo, it wasn't really dub or, yep. like, or reggae vibes. So <laughs> it was more kind of like a soul pop. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. So tell me after high school at least, what were the groups that you um, got involved with? I basically did solo stuff after high school but yeah. I did, it took me a good five years to start up and do finally go performing in Christchurch what sort of um what was the catalyst or the impetus what sort of made you finally kick yourself and go right well I had a lot of songs written mm. and was recording them and I needed really to kind of get that experience of playing them out in public. Mm-hmm. So, Just home yeah. recordings or studio-based stuff? My boyfriend at the time was doing his audio engineering with Mains. Okay, yep. And I guess I helped him as well with his yep. um, assessments and things. Yeah. So if he needed to record, then we'd just record. And then he's like, well, you've got you know a good lot of songs. Why don't we just record them all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I bought my Nord and... Because there's so many sounds on that, I could do lay all down all the bass tracks, yep. all the piano tracks, all the kind of synth noises and things that I wanted. That album was all electronic drums, so um, he did all of the beats for me. So hmm. didn't really have to go into a studio for anything except for the vocal takes. So aside from the stuff that you've written and um, playing with One Walker, at least, what's the experience been like performing live for you? Has there been sort of like big stuff, little stuff, clubs, pubs, house parties? What's the... Um, I had a regular slot at Fat Eddie's mm-hmm. before Earthquakes, so it was the one in South Square. Mm. It would be every second Friday night. Yeah. 8 till 10. Excellent. Um, That's pretty big for a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. It was It was good. It was Sean and I. It was the Yvette Williams duo. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I got to play that grand piano every... Second week. Fantastic. Was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex Harmer was the sound guy there, so yep. we were in good hands. Yeah. Um, other than that, playing my 
my tunes with a band at Ducks Live. Yeah. Um, or Ducks Live, just me. Um, Ducks Live was great. I really miss Ducks Live. <laughs> this is after the earthquake. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah. So. What yeah. was so great about it? It was just a good venue for bands. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of places. Wow. Not a lot of cool places for bands. Um, the couple down St. Asif, though. 12 bar. Okay, yes. And then across the road and Dark Room and Space, Space Academy. Academy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I haven't performed recently. Oh, I played Dark Room, actually. Yeah. So it's mostly... Yeah, oh, and Wonder Bar. <laughs> I keep forgetting. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a, it's mostly bars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's all original material when you're out and about? Um, I play the odd cover, Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just to chunk it out. Put your spin on. So talking about covers, I uh, discovered your your vibe and your wonder um, at a recent uh, show that was put on at Sumner, and you played a um, uh, track uh, which was written by Maisie Rika. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you happen upon that or bring that into your your set? I just wanted to sing something into the deal yeah. pretty much. <laughs> But I I love her first album. When I first heard her, because I, I used to work as a manager for the CD store, and so mm. I would hear new things coming in all the time. When yep. I first heard her, I thought, oh man, this is the closest human to a bellbird ever. Like she, yeah. to me, she just sounds like a bird, like a yep. bellbird. Yeah. So I just listened to more and more of her tracks and thought, hmm, which ones could I do? Um, have you written anything in Tadeo? No. No. I How need, is your I need moldy? to learn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm part of that generation that lost it at my grandmother's um, point. Yeah. And, yeah, for me, it basically is just being lazy, not not learning it enough, quick enough. But yeah. I'll get there. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah. Yeah, my dad doesn't speak. He can't even roll his R's. It's poor guy. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Yeah. He, I think he's just a bit self-conscious with it too. Yeah. But you feel that's changing. Attitudes. Yes. Yeah. Let's listen to some music. Okay. Favorite track, and it's always difficult, but you've come right to the fore. Leon Russell. Tell me a bit about Leon Russell. Just that he's a piano blues man from south of South United States, and yep. um, he's just got a big beard and a mustache, and he's got silver hair, and he's just just he's just got the scratchiest, coolest voice, and just. Yeah, he's just a legend. I mean, all you have to do is watch him and hear his music and, yeah, I just fell in love with it. Mum and Dad have got a few of his on vinyl, so. So yeah. apart from the way it sounds, is that all that sort of attracts you to this particular track or the artist, at least? Um, is there He more? just writes, every every one of his songs sounds different and yeah. he just is an amazing writer. Um, and you can write, like, real rockabilly or rock and roll songs and then he can write really sweet ballads like this one that we're about to listen to yeah he's just hugely diverse and just really musically and emotionally talented i think mm-hmm. yeah yep places in my life and time I've sung a lot of songs I've made some bad rhymes I've 
This is the Gardner Sound interview with Yvette Williams on Plains FM 96.9. Yvette, I want to talk about some of your solo stuff and the recording process at least. Sure. The end of the section we're going to be hearing We Are Alive mm-hmm. in brackets remix. Yes. So tell me about A, the production, but B, the remix thereof. Um, well, most of my songs I write just with myself in a piano. So... 
because we were putting kind of electronic beats to these tunes, mm. we decided to kind of change this one up a bit. I think I had it in my head that I wanted to make a video to go with this song. Mm. The song itself is about the earthquakes. It's actually about, I wrote it after just the September one. So the February one hadn't even happened. Okay. Um, and it got released before the February one <laughs> as well. And yeah, it's basically just being grateful for being alive and grateful for the place we live in and, and things like that. Um, and I took, kind of took from my brother's experience too because he lived at Pines Beach and he had to escape in his car in the middle of the night with not much stuff because <laughs> okay. it was flooding out there. Wow. Yeah. So did it begin life as more of just a piano and vocal yes. kind of thing? Yeah. Because I kind of got the feeling that you were almost like the featured artist on this dance yeah, it's track. Yeah. Yeah. Was it you who did the majority of the work or how did it get to this sort of electronica form? No, uh, no the electronic beats was my partner, Sean, at the time. And so, yeah, he basically did all of the rhythm side of it. But I did all the rest of the bass and the piano and everything on synth sounds mm-hmm. um, on my keyboard, mm-hmm. which we just put straight into Pro Tools via the old Mac. And um, yeah. yeah, that was pretty much how it was done. Did it open up any doors, the remix version? Uh, did, did you get people asking you, hey, can you come and feature on my dance my um, dance track? Oh, I've had plenty of people ask if I want to sing over their drum and bass track. Yeah. I'd never really... I'm. I'm a bit slack, like I don't take them very seriously. I'm like, yeah. yeah, sure, we should do that. It's kind of like when you say to someone, oh, we should hang out sometime. And yeah, it never happens. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I don't, I just haven't really. I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask a difficult <laughs> question. Okay. So why do you think people do that? This is not music related. Is it just a social nicety? Because uh, you, you should. I mean, the thought's there. Mm. But then, like with anything, if you want to make it happen, then you do it. Yep. But then, you know, life gets in the way. I don't take yep. it. It's like I don't take it to heart <laughs> or I don't take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's going to happen, then they'll keep at me. <laughs> yeah. Was this song a step on your musical journey? Did it sort of lead you on to, to other things? The first album we kind of thought, oh, we can't really be bothered getting a band together. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do electronic beats? Like, okay, yeah, cool. And then so we did the whole album. <laughs> With electronic beats, and then it came to like the release, and then we got a band together who'd listened to the the tunes as they were on the album. Yeah, and then yeah, that was quite cool. Taking it from electronic to a band with yep. actual drums yep. and an actual bass player. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, got some really awesome people to help out with that. Mm. One being from Lotion, the bass player John, and then um, Mark from Taos. He he did the drums for us. So, okay, yeah. And Sean was on guitar. Do you think your um, casual attitude uh, has hindered you, or do you think it's a it's a positive? Um, it's positive because I, I mean, music's not everything. I love trying all sorts of things out yeah. in life. So yeah, I mean, I can always come back to a piano and sing and yep. have fun with it. Yeah, I've never wanted to be mega famous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a point where I was like really taking myself seriously, making a video and stuff, but. Well, not really seriously, but, you know. I slightly thought, oh, more seriously. Slightly than... more. But, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. That's cool. <laughs> Most importantly, we are alive. 
Yes. This is the Gardener Sound interview with Yvette Williams on Plains FM 96.9. Um, we could go back to when you were five, but maybe slightly older. So let's go to 
let's go to the mid nineties or thereabouts. Let's Whoa. go to sort of mid teens kind of oh, yeah. kind of a vet. Um, any advice for that that person? Anything you would have done differently, or anything you would have done more of? Um, probably just do it. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Like just just do it. <laughs> Was there anything consciously holding you back? Um, just nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Learn stuff. Don't don't stop learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go to as many gigs as you can. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Are you there to um? Or is it different for every gig? He says, answering his own question. Are you there to pick up stuff, or there to to enjoy it, or do you consciously just you know just let it go where it takes you? I like that point where you know that that artist is like they've hit that point where they're just really in it, like they're closing their yep. eyes and they've hit the zone, and you're yep. like, yay, they're not really on the earth anymore, yay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and I do that a wee bit myself. And then when you finish the song, you kind of wake up okay. and, oh, oh. oh, there's people. <laughs> Where am I? Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That's. So that's I really good. like, I just like finding, seeing the magic in a gig. How much does the audience depend on you being able to reach that state? When I first started at Fat Eddie's, I'd never played before. <laughs> and here I am straight away at Fat Eddie's. Like, and then what's funny is only... How did you get the gig if you had that that little experience? Connections? I can't remember. I don't know. Connections, yeah, yeah. must be. Did you dare? Did you dare? Oh, no, that's right. Sean and my brother were in the same band, okay. Green, Green Beat. And yep. they, they played the late time slot from 10 till 3. Yep. Or 11, no, 11 till 3. Um, yeah, four hours sounds a bit more reasonable for a... Yeah, yeah. So till 3... That's insane, eh? Yeah. It used to be till three. Yeah, that was probably it. I got it through that. Yep. Yeah. And what do you take away from that time, he says, without letting you actually answer the first question? Well, I will answer the first question. I had to Good. get. I had to start getting used to talking to audiences. Uh-huh. But I just kind of do what I do now. I just poke fun at myself and and not really say much unless I really wanted to. Has there ever been any desire to... To go further away from from here, to get overseas and play, or to to do something far off mm, and not, wild. Not really. <laughs> I mean, music's always with me. I don't really need to go anywhere else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you travel? I haven't travelled a lot. No. Yeah. No. I've so, only been out of the country maybe half a dozen times. Yeah. That, yeah. Yep. Did you see anything while you were away, or was this? While you were too young to, to do that Man, kind of thing. I went to Samoa about three years ago and I was going from um, Upolo, the the main island, across to Savai'i, mm-hmm. the, the second volcanic um, island. And I was sitting on the top of the boat. A lot of people were just in on the inside, but I wanted to see the sea and hear, like watch it splash onto the boat. And just so I sat on the top deck. And I swear that I could hear, like, tunes. I swear I could hear, like, Samoan singing and tunes. When we were going across this body of water, I wasn't drunk. <laughs> and there was no music playing. But I could just hear, like, island music. It was insane. And I remember saying to one of my friends who was who is Samoan, like, I heard some music when we were going over that water. And she was like, oh, cool. <laughs> That's great. 
What does it mean? But um, just picking yeah. up the vibe. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was pretty awesome though. You're a you're a park ranger, yes. Yep. And uh, rivers are your thing, and you sort yes. of work in the the coastal yeah. area. Can I pick that nature is is quite important in your in your music? Yes, I was actually given the unofficial title of river ranger, and I said to my boss Robbie. Um, I was like, that's really funny because I wrote that song, The River. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, so, you know, full circle. <laughs> yeah. You know when you try to write things about something else? Mm. Like, I don't want to be writing, you know, love songs. and. I'm going to write a song about a fence or I'm going to write a song about a, <laughs> I don't know, a departed one or something. Yeah, but then I wrote The River and it ended up being a love song to A, my grandmother and also what I was taught growing up and what I still live by. So, very cool. We will hear that song at the end of the next section. Cool. Um, But in the meantime, we're going to go and take a short break. We will come back and we will play Mini Quiz. Cool. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Yvette Williams on Plains FM 96.9. Just a quick note to tell you about our sponsor, The Nephilist. If you're looking for an alcohol-free gin with free delivery in Christchurch, head to thenephilist.com. Or you can visit The Nephilist for a non-alcoholic beer, wine or cocktail at events across Canterbury this summer. That's The Nephilist, and you can find them online at thenephilist.com. N-E-P-H-A-L-I-S-T dot com. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Yvette Williams on Plains FM 96.9 and we're about to launch into mini quiz. Uh, you're going to have 60 seconds to answer 10 questions and as I advise all of my contestants in advance, fail fast and pass quickly if you don't know and that way you might get to the end of the 10 questions. Oh my gosh, it's just like the chase. It is like the chase. I love the chase. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. All right, Yvette. That was almost <laughs> close. Okay. Yvette Williams, your time starts now. Which New Zealand band released the hit single Can't Get Enough, one of the top-selling singles of 1994? Supergriff. What was the real first name of Bing Crosby? Uh, William. Dizzy Reed is best known as the keyboardist for which famous band? Dizzy Reed. Um, don't know. Who was the former lead singer of rock band Linkin Park until his death in 2017? Oh, I know that guy. Forgotten, sorry. In which year was Stevie Wonder born? 1953. <clears throat> who was the R&B artist who sung When a Man Loves a Woman before dying in 2015, age 74? Oh man, I can only think of Michael Bolton, but it's not him, it's that other dude. <laughs> sorry, don't know. Who was a founding member and lead vocalist of the Jackson Brothers musical group? Founding leader. Ah, and vocalist. What, Michael Jackson? No. And which Canadian musician released the 2019 single Senorita? What year? 2019. Oh, God, I don't know. Is it that guy that plays the guitar and he got that girl to sing with him? That is quite a few musicians out there. Your time is well and truly up. Yeah. Um, but do we have an answer for that final one? No, because all I can think of is Senorita by Justin Timberlake. It's ah, not that one. No, it's not that. No, it's not that. Um, 
Cool. Okay, your time is up. Uh, you got a few in there, so let's go through those answers. Uh, Super Groove, well done. Um, what was the real first name of Bing Crosby? Harry. Ah. There you go. Dizzy Reed, all the way back to Use Your Illusion, keyboardist for Guns N' Roses. We had a keyboardist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Supporting that, this is when user illusion, not obviously not the the five for appetite for destruction and such. Okay. Um, former lead singer of rock band Lincoln Park was Chester Bennington. Ah, was too. Stevie was born in nineteen fifty. What? You were very close. I thought that he was year younger than mum and dad. Nineteen fifty. Oh well. There we go. Judge's decision is final. Um, Percy Sledge. When a man uh, loves a woman. I'm sorry, Percy. I'm so sorry that I talked about Michael Bolton. It's actually you. Um, and founding member, lead vocalist of the Jacksons, Jermaine. Jermaine. Jermaine Jackson. Of course it had so, to be one of the older Jacksons. Oh, of course it had. I know. Because Michael, Michael found... is, is a three-year-old or whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to I've got a great it. idea for a song. Let's form a band. I'm going to form a band. I want 25% royalties. <laughs> Make sure I have enough M&Ms backstage. Okay. What's next? What's next for for a vet? We got any new music? We got any gigs coming up? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Um, I want to record everything that I've written since my last recording. <laughs> and how many tracks do you think that is? Um, probably about twenty or so. Fantastic. Yeah, twenty that are okay to okay. do. Okay. So is that a double, or is that um, I'm going to sort of pull it back to twelve or something like that? Um, that really depends if I'm going to make an album or just record them. How would you do it differently than you have before? Um, or would you? I'd... Hmm. Would you bring a bring a producer in? Like somebody that you don't know? Possibly. I'll ask another question while you're thinking about all okay. of those. Well, at least I would record demos to start off with and then Perfect. see with, like what style I want them to be in. Because... Yep. You know, just piano and vocals gets a bit boring. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. Yeah. Um, is there anyone out there doing anything exciting uh, that you would like to sound, not the same, but a little like? Mm. I do like Unknown Model Orchestra. Mm. They just have a really neat, like, lo-fi production in a lot of their stuff. Mm. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe stuff that doesn't sound as produced. Yeah. Yeah. Not that this, what I've done, does. <laughs> mm. But, you know, different vocal effects and things like that. We're going to hear a track to take us out mm -hmm. uh, today. And you did mention earlier The River. Yes. Uh, and you said this is a, a love song to um, uh, to your grandmother. Yes. Um, and also to... The Earth. Right. That's, that's <laughs> reasonable because the Earth does need does need some love. Yeah. For those who haven't heard the song, what I picked up is um, this tremendous imagery. Like I can really, really see. It's your grandmother white baiting. Yeah, my toa yeah. white baiting at the Rakahuri River, um, the Ashley River in yeah. Waikuku. And we used to go down and visit them in their camper van all the time. And yeah, them fishing the river kind of, you know, it's all peaceful and you get to appreciate what's happening and then you go home and you prepare it and you eat it and you get to know the process of um, from nature to the plate and being thankful for that. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yvette, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's been great to come here. Mm. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
I see her at the water's edge She's wearing big gumboots She calls in waders She's lifting the net I see the little fishes dance We'll have to sort them later I love helping her sort them
Okay, it's time for my track of the week, where I get to choose whatever I want. I'm a huge fan of Rick Beato's musical dissections, where I discovered this tune, although I'm sure I've heard it before. It was written by Cynthia Weil and Barry Mann, and is possibly one of the most complex pop songs ever written. Featuring vocalists Joe Pizzullo and Lisa Miller, it's off Sergio Mendez's self-titled 1983 album, this is Never Gonna Let You Go. I was as wrong as I could be To let you get away from me I'll regret that move For as long as I'm living But now that I've come to see the light All I want to do is make things right So just say the word And tell me that I'm forgiven You and me Granted But if there's some feeling left in you Some flicker of love that still shines through Let's talk it out Let's talk about second chances Wait and see, it's gonna be Sweeter than it was before to give it
Thanks for joining me today on the show and thank you also to Yvette Williams for being such a great guest. You can find out more about Yvette and what she's up to by heading to gardenofsound.nz and clicking on her image on the front page. Next week, very excited to be talking to Big Seema about his upcoming record and we'll also be playing one of his awesome new tracks. I'm Ian Turner and I look forward to bringing you Garden of Sound same time next week. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. Enohora.